0: Hello and welcome to the Ball Cricket Podcast and what a test match. We've just come off South Africa beating India by seven wickets at the Wanderers yesterday. Uh, absolutely thrilling late afternoon final session on the fourth day. And uh, I'm delighted to have with me two former proteas and Paul Harris and John Kent uh, to discuss that test match and, and looking ahead to the decisive third test that will start at Newlands on Tuesday. And also, world-renowned cricket statistician Andrew Samson. John Kent, uh, just how exciting was that Test match for you?
1: Yeah, sure, absolutely brilliant. We showed real fight. Um, You know, the bowling attack went through periods where they were like absolutely brilliant, mixed along with some some poor sessions. But all in all, it was you know a really brilliant performance. And and you know that our, our batting lineup was put under severe pressure. Obviously a I think it was slightly, I suppose, helpful that Siraj picked up an injury and wasn't quite, you know, bowling as how he, you know, pace-wise where he'd like to be. But that uh, Dean Elga display was, you know, it was a typical, you know, effort from him. And obviously, we, we would love him to have got 100. But I know, knowing the guy, he's not too fussed about those sort of things. He's, he's got the team over the line in a massive game.
0: Yeah, Paul, you would have played a bit with Dean Elger, um at the Northern Titans, I think. Um, had he joined, or was he still at the Knights?
2: I played against him quite a bit when he was at the Knights <laughs> in his early days. Um, obviously, we sort of thought quite highly of him from a very young age. I think he played his first game against us um, uh, and uh, and got some runs. Uh, we, you know, we know what Dean brings, right? Dean brings that sort of, you know, that fighting attitude. Uh, you know, he, he loves batting at the Wanderers. Uh, you know, he, he's hard to get out. He values his wickets. He, uh, you know, he stays in the fight. And I think he, you know, he taught a few of the youngsters, uh, maybe a few of the senior guys, are uh, you know valuable lessons in this test match. You know, you hang in there, you show a bit of fight. Uh, you never know what can happen. Uh, you know, the, I mean, the way they won yesterday was uh, for me the most pleasing thing. Um, you know, to see Rassie Fafnaneson come in and play the way he did. Um, you know, I think that's how you should play. You know, I think he plays too defensively and uh, and 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 gets out. You know, when he it asserts his dominance, it, it, it helped. Dean, I think that sort of. You know, the, the, that 40 he scored. he came out and scored quite quickly. Uh, you know, Dean could get himself in again. And, um, and you know, he sort of led from the front. You know, he's taken to this captaincy like a like a duck to water, and he seems to be getting the best out of his players. You know, he got the best out of Rabada in a session where he you know, sort of opened the game up with South Africa, where it was, you know, sort of poised where India was going to take the game away from them. You know, 300-plus would have been tough um, on that wicket. Um, I thought 240 was going to be tough. It turned out it wasn't. Um, and it was just a sort of, good all-round you know performance from the captain that's what you want to see from Dean Alger. and um, you know don't forget mark Boucher in there there's also a bit of mark Boucher in the team he was also a fighter and um, and it's sort of starting to come through
0: yeah absolutely Paul you you used a very nice metaphor uh, to describe Dean Alga on your social media you called him harder than a
2: coffin nail Cough and yeah n- he's a pretty hard man you eh? uh, know <laughs> he's you know he doesn't take any you know he doesn't take any rubbish from anybody um, I see they also try to chirp him out, which is which is not clever. Um, it's only going to make him it's only going to make him play better. And uh, I mean, I just thought that you know the way that he's led the team so far. Um, you know, you just look at his sort of when when he talks to the press. You know, it's 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 just flat out honesty. There's no sort of hidden agendas there from Dean. Uh, he wears his heart in his sleeve, and uh, and he and he likes to lead from the front. You know? uh, I'm incredibly happy for him. I know how hard he's worked, and. Uh, you know, I know what kind of guy he is, you know, he'll want his team to play cricket like this tough, rough and sort of in-your-face type of cricket. Um, and, you know, if we can get one or two of our, if we can just get our skills up a bit more with the ball, be a bit more consistent. Um, you know, I really think on better wickets, our batters will come to the fore as well, other batters. So there's a lot of positives to take out of this game, certainly.
0: Yeah, he, uh, Dean, Dean certainly is not one who's, who's afraid to say what's on his mind. He's a, He's a straight shooter absolutely and Andrew Sampson you were with me there at the Wanderers um, when South Africa came out to bat after all the rain on the fourth day um, starting there well resuming their second innings at 3.45pm just how dark was it and I I mean I, I know I certainly felt that the Proteus had nothing to gain really um, in that session and, and a lot to lose
3: yes we were you and I amongst the, the privileged elite allowed into the ground for um, the, the game uh, I've seen a lot darker. I've seen play in darker light in at the Wanderers before, so it was it was pretty dark in South Africa. Uh, they'd obviously batted quite well on the third evening to sit, put themselves in a position to potentially win. I think most of us there didn't expect South Africa to chase 240 when they started, and having made the 118 for two, they set it up. Um, it looked like they you know the game would finish within a two or three hours on the fourth day either way. And then we had to wait until quarter to four, as you say, before they actually got on, which left only 34 overs in the day. So 122 runs to get in that time, especially with the light, but dark and things you would have thought wasn't enough time for South Africa to get there, but they played brilliantly. Um, Dean Elger following up from his 86, not out four years ago, and in, in very in a very similar run chase, chasing 240, on a, on, a, but also on a, a genuinely dangerous pitch, um, this time he got 96 not out and, and enough guys stayed with him. I, but only needed three of them, just f- four of them, sorry, to stay with him to win this time rather than the loss of four years ago.
0: Yeah, uh, John Kent, Paul Harris mentioned the word fight a lot. And we we saw during the game Marco Janssen uh, not backing down when Jasper Bumra uh, wanted to have a word with him. Uh, we saw Rashi van der Dusen, uh, weather a real verbal barrage uh, from wicketkeeper Rishabh Pant after the, the wicketkeeper got him out, caught him on the bounce in the first innings. Um, we, we saw Temba Bavuma just refuse to be rushed uh, by the bowler running in, in that second innings. That that sort of fight, I mean, when you have a team that, I think we can say that if you were picking a World eleven at the moment, Robado would probably be the only protea um, perhaps in line for a place in test cricket, but Just how important is that sort of fight when you've got a team that is rebuilding, which is relatively new to test cricket?
1: Yeah, I think that obviously India is a superpower in terms of the world game and highly touted. And, you know, Gaviska was saying 3-0 before the series. I thought he was getting a bit ridiculous, like Glenn McGraw saying 5-0 every test series. He does the same thing. But, uh, you know, we in our own conditions, we're a very tough team to beat, I think. Um, Unfortunately, we lost the first test. But, you know, the like you say, not standing down, not standing back. We're meeting guys halfway, and we, we, we're we letting them know we, we're not here for a, a picnic here. So I was pleased to see Jansen not back down. Uh, you know, really, you know, it's the first bit of real, I suppose you want to say, aggression you've seen from him as a bowler. He's been pretty quiet and minding his own business uh, to date and so far in his professional career. But it was really great to see him. Not back down, you know, and also, you know, he's, 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 he's bowing to a guy who's bowling mid 140s and he's going to have to face the music, which he did. You know, Marco Jansen faced the music when he came into bat and did a great job. Uh, Rishabh Pant also, I don't know, you talk about, you know, the Dean Elgar, then you've got a guy like Pant who's so different. He comes running down the wicket and just has a slog at a ball. So it looked like he didn't. Care too much to be honest with you. That's what it looked like. He wasn't too bothered, and he sort of yeah. He wanted to tuck into von Fernandez, and Russie van der Fernandez came out on top. So uh, you know, guys coming out on top get a bit of ascendancy going into this next game at Newlands.
0: Yeah, Russi definitely came out on top when uh, when Punt came into bat um, after taking those uh, two, well, twice uh, appealing for catches uh, that he took on the bounce. Um, Russi was in under the lid. When he came into battle, they had a, a fair bit to say to him. Uh, and it definitely r- rattled punt. I mean, third ball, charging down the wicket to Kahisa Rabada. Uh, not the smartest thing uh, to be doing. Uh, Andrew Sampson, what, what were the statistical highlights uh, from that epic test, match?
3: Well, obviously, um, South Africa's first win at the Wanderers against uh, India. We we breached their fortress at the Wanderers, um, having five tests before that, which India had won two. and drawn three in South Africa, apart from the one in twenty thirteen never really looking like they could win up any of those other games. So that was a that was a major um number for South Africa. Um a few other maybe more more esoteric stats. Um That's what Anil, Kum- Anil Kumbli, up until yesterday was the only Indian spinner to have taken a wicket at the Wanderers. I mean, yeah. as we know, the Wanderers doesn't doesn't help spinners all that much, but Kumbly took 17 wickets there in the three tests that he'd played, and you would have thought that somewhere along the line with the, quite a lot of spinners who have played for India over the years that another one of them would have taken a wicket at some point.
0: Hmm. Amazing, yeah. Well, I, I wanted to chat to Paul Harris uh, specifically uh, about that. There, there was obviously quite a lot of controversy about the team South Africa fielded. Um with Marco Janssen having to bat seven, which personally I think is, is one place too high for him. Uh, Keshav Myrod chosen, but only bowled two overs. Uh, Paul, did the Proteas make a, a major mistake in selection?
2: Well, they're one, so no. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, it's a, you know, in hindsight, it's, it's you know, you'd say Kesh probably shouldn't have played. Uh, but you know, I always look at it the other way around. I say you'd rather have him and not use him than need him and not have him. So, you know, um, I think the main problem is the all-rounder. Um, I don't think that, I don't think there should ever be a question, you know, maybe there's a 1% chance, uh, certain wickets to where he won't play, but I don't think there should ever be a question of whether Keshav Maharaj plays or not. Uh, you know, he's one of the sort of leaders of the group. Mm. He's uh, an experienced player. Um, it will have to be pretty sort of extreme circumstances to leave him out. And I think that that was sort of Dean Auger's uh, thinking and vouchers. I know Dean hates going into a test match. Without a spinner, mm-hmm. um, you know, in hindsight, you you know, it, it, it would have been probably better to play the se- the seventh batter. But, uh, you know, that's also not the greatest balance. You know, one of your bowlers, one of your seamers goes down with four, with four seamers. You have three left. You, you know, you're in a bit of strife. So I don't like the four bowler. Uh, um, uh, you know, I, I like five bowlers in the team. Mm-hmm. I think mean, what we've got to really sort of uh, d- deep dive into is, you know, the state of the all-rounders in this country. We need someone that can uh, that can bat seven and that can actually contribute with the ball. Um, I don't think Mulder's the answer. Um, I don't know if he does any, does either of the two well enough for Test cricket. Um, so we're going to have to find someone and look uh, and see what we can do for that number seven position because it's going to be an issue going forward.
0: Yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I think South Africa misread the pitch um, in the build-up to the game. Dinagga was talking about expecting it to be a bit easier for batting than it has been recently. Um, And I did have a chat with Evan Evan Flint, the groundsman, on the first morning, and he he was disappointed that he hadn't been able to make it better for batting, um, just the conditions working against him. So I I think South Africa expected that Maharaj would play a much bigger role uh, than he did in the end. Uh, John Kent, that brings us to the Newlands test. And uh, given what Paul has said about the all-rounder and how vital it is, do you think... Perhaps a guy like George Linder could come into the reckoning at Newlands. Do you think we could play two spinners there? I don't know. I just you know, I suppose
1: in the in these first two tests, if you if you're talking about you know, Keshev, he, he does get a couple of runs along the way. But I suppose if you are playing in these last two games, you know, if the guy can offer you something with a bat, I suppose you could say maybe that could have been an option for them. But obviously, Kesha will be the 100% starting. There's no doubt about that for the Newlands Test. I don't know. I still don't think they'll have. They definitely won't have two spinners in my, you know, my mind. I don't think that'll happen. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. The you know, obviously, I'm a bit obviously concerned about obviously. Aiden Markham. Markram. We want to see him back in the runs again. He hasn't really featured too much so far in the series, so he's due for a big one. And you know, hopefully, he comes through for for us in this last test with a, with a big one.
0: John, do you, do you subscribe to the view that is out there that uh, perhaps Aidan Markram should slip down to number four? I I don't
1: know. Like I think the um, yeah you know, I'm actually no I'm not against it at all. To be honest, I think it might be good in the long term. You know, like guys like AB. I'm not saying AB and M exactly and him are exactly the same, but just saying that he's he's a he's one of our best players in all the formats. So um, AB went into that sort of number four region and he and he did a job for us. Um, you just got to say, okay, well, who's going to step in up front, or who's going to move around in the middle order? I, I don't. I actually like the idea of having him because in the, in the t20s, he's doing a really good job there. ODIs, he could slot in there, so he could almost bat, you know, four in in all formats for us, which would be amazing. Really, he's he's that good a player, and they are going to give him opportunities. They've said that you know he's going to be in there for a very long time, so. I suppose you just got to say what's best for him. We're not saying he's a bad opener. He's by, by all means, he's a, an amazing opener. We saw a couple a season ago, he almost got 1,000 runs. Um, and that's not a problem. It's just, I suppose, how do you... With the team we've got, where where would he be best positioned? And then you look at guys like Keegan Peterson. He's at three. There's Russie four. So what do you do there now? I suppose that's the, the question you've got to... You know, it's not just... Who's going to open? It's going to be who's going to miss out in the middle order now as well.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's a nice problem to have now that uh, both Keegan Peterson and and Rusty Vanadusen have got a score uh, to their names, and of course Kimber Bavuma batting so well in this series as well. Uh, Andrew Sampson, what, what can we expect from Newlands uh, based on recent
3: Test matches there? You can expect a little bit more in it for the batsman than the first two Tests, that's for sure. Um, that's also. It's not a spinner's pitch these days, but it's certainly more conducive to spinners. So I think you'll see Maharaj bowling a few more than two overs in that game. there's <laughs> uh, yeah, so it should be a good contest. Uh, obviously, with the series level at one all going into the final game, what more could you want? Yeah, Paul
0: Harris, it, it was a, a disappointing start to the series. A, a poor performance by the Proteas at SuperSport Park in the first test. What do you feel? they really got right in between the first and second tests. And looking ahead to the third test, what what do they still need to work on?
2: Look, I think that they bowled pretty poorly on their first day in uh, Super Sport Park. Um, You know, it wasn't uh, sort of 300 pitch by any stretch of the imagination. So, uh, you know, they probably were, you know, they allowed India to get sort of 100 too many. And at the end of the day, that was the winning margin. So uh, I don't think they bowled very well. That old adage that, you, you know, you can't win a test match on day one, but you can lose it. I think came sort of through in that test match. But they were much better. They started better with the ball uh, in, in, this, in the test match at the Wanderers. And then obviously, we're, we're, we're a lot better with the bat. Uh, more guys contributing. I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but I mean, I'd love to see Temba batting at three. Um, I honestly think he's got the, he's, he's obviously worked incredibly hard in his technique. Um, he's, you know, he's got one of the better techniques in the side. He's playing the ball nice and late in defence. Um, you know, he's in incredibly good form. You know, there's the criticism that he doesn't get, uh, you know, he hasn't got more than that 100 that he got a few years ago. I just think he'd give himself the best opportunity at three. I think his technique's good enough to bat three. He's a senior player in the side, you know, allow uh, Peterson to go and bat five and find his feet in ten, sort of in test cricket and, and give himself the best chance. So, you know, he often finds himself with the tail and then maybe he has to play a different game that's not, uh, he's not uh, sort of used to playing. Um, I just think, you know, he's batting so well at the moment, but why not get him in as, you know, as quickly as you can and get him to face as many deliveries as possible. So that's the only thing I would like to see, sort of uh, a, a change in the batting. I thought we applied ourselves really well on a on a, on a Wanderers wicket that uh, it wasn't very easy. Um, and I think we learned something about the, this Indian side. You know, when they're on top, they're a really good side. I don't think they're very good when they're behind the eight ball. Um, we saw them flapping there yesterday afternoon when they're behind the eight ball. They, you know, they they sort of looked stressed. They started uh, sort of sledging uh, ridiculously when there's 50 runs to win. Um, you know, you 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 put Boomer under pressure with a few bounces, and he wants to you know sort of get uh, get all boxy. And you, you know, you, you saw what happened to Pant once you ruff, ruffled him up. He you know came down and played one of the most ridiculous shots I've ever seen. You know, not showing any heart at all. So I think once you get under their skin and they're behind the eight ball, you can really you know you can you can beat this Indian team. And I think the South Africans have now. I've now realised that. But if you do give them a sniff, um, if they get on top of you, it's very, very difficult to come back. They've got too much class uh, to allow you back into the game. So we're going to have to, at Newlands. we have to, day one I think is going to be key. If we have a good day one and we're on top from day one, we've got a really good chance to win the series. I think if they get off to a flyer and we have to play catch-up, it's going to be difficult. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I thought South Africa bowled really poorly in that first hour on the third day. Um, but they didn't end up paying for that because Rabada came with that that three wickets and three over burst. Um, but India's bowling on that fourth um, afternoon, I mean, they they just seemed to lose the plot. And and as you say, Paul, they they just got more and more. They just unravelled more and more. Um, it, it really wasn't a good uh, a good indication, if you like, of their um, mental strength, I guess, a uh, uh, temperament. Um, Paul, I. I like what you say about Temba Bavuma, I mean, I also believe, uh, I mean, I seem to recall Paul, when you were playing for the Proteas, the sort of policy was the new batsman would come in and bat number six. And I like the idea of the senior batsman taking responsibility uh, at the top of the order. And John Kent, I mean, I, I seem to remember even yourself um, domestically when you made your first class debut, you, you were obviously a hell of a talented young batsman. But uh, you, you had to come in at 6th for, for, for the KZN when you first started. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I started at sort of six and then didn't bowl too much. And it sort of ebbed and flowed. Like one season I sort of batted 3 or 4. I think a few guys go away. And then one season you you have uh, the Pollock, Klusner, uh, Nixon, McLeans. You don't bowl and then everyone's away. And then you're opening the bowling the next week. So it's a <laughs> quite a weird uh, thing that happened over the years. But I like what you're saying with the the Bavuma at three because you think of the successful teams you've had and Paul's been in those teams over the years is you've got a Kallis at three you've got a Amla at three and if those guys are are, are dominating you know test cricket your team is going to score 400 going to score 500 that's what good test teams do they bat big they bat once and they've got a good bowling attack and you take 20 wickets so um I don't know if he's willing to do that job go, go into three you know what happens then? If he fails a few times, then what happens? You know, it goes back to five or, or whatever the case is. But uh, I think the responsibility should be taken and get him up the order. And, and as you say, let the slightly lesser guy bat, 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 bat elsewhere. But there should be the Deans opening, Markham's there, Bavuma three, Rusty four, you know, those sort of things there. Then, then, then you start looking at a seriously good top order, and that's what you need. <clears throat>
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Of course, it's it's complicated now about Keegan Peterson getting that uh, sixty-two at number three, so it, it might be difficult to uh, to shift him now. Um, Andrew, I'm not sure if there are any real stats to to go with what I'm going to say, but uh, you'll be the man to know if there are. Do do you feel that the Proteas are more successful on pitches that are hard for batting, that uh, like like the Wanderers one, say low-scoring Test matches? Or have we been more successful on, say, better cricket records, uh,
3: where there's been a more even contest between bat and ball? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, certainly in in lower scoring games on the subcontinent in recent times, South Africa haven't done very well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kind of lower scoring games at places like Wanderers and Centurion, there have been quite a few that South Africa have lost in recent times as well. Going back four years to the India game at Wanderers, for example... Um, so I don't think the, the pitch conditions make South Africa more or less competitive. Not that, not that I've got any stats off the top of my head to show you yeah. that.
0: Yeah, I, I do kind of echo what Paul said uh, earlier about um, our batsmen have been playing on a lot of poor wickets lately. Um, I don't think it does anything great for their confidence. And of course, the Otis Gibson era, um, they very deliberately went for very bowler, bowler-friendly pitches. Uh, Paul, there's a big name probably coming back for the third test. Virat Kohli. How much of a difference is he going to make?
2: No, he'll definitely make an influence. uh, Not just from leadership, but also from that sort of mental strength perspective. Um, You know, he's probably one of the stronger Indians mentally. Um, You know, he's a huge competitor, loves winning, hates losing. Um, You know, I think you'll add obviously quite a bit of steel and metal to that uh, to that side. And uh, and as I said, you know, we have to have a really good start to the. The next test match, and to, you know, to your point about the wickets in South Africa, um, I I think that the two wickets we played on have been particularly poor. Um, you know, it it, it it I know we won batting batting fourth, but I mean, it doesn't often happen. Um, generally, now you know, if you, if you don't bat first, and these wickets were slow, you know, it becomes almost impossible. Uh, you know, it quickens up, there's divots, it moves around too much. They've been they haven't been great wickets. Um, look, it, it made for a good test match now at the Wanderers, uh, but the wicket's are not great. Um, I think what we've got to do is we've got to look at getting a lot of bounce. Our, our players play bounce incredibly well. Um, you, you know, uh, even if it's variable, we we tend to play it quite well. Um, but th- there's just too much sideways movement. I mean, some of those deliveries. Um, that I think it was uh, Thacker bowling. We bowl, scramble, seeing One nips back, you know, yeah. sort of half a foot. and the next one, nips away half a foot. You know, he's not doing that on purpose. You know, that's just that's, that's just the sort of wicket. So, um, you know, I don't think that we're very good. I don't. You know, people say they're worried about Adam Markram. Um, yes, it is worrying But I mean, jeepers Batting on you know, on, on green numbers Open the batting You know, you're going to go through patches Where you're not going to get runs Because you're going to get deliveries That are going to get you out um, I'm not 100% sure about him batting on off-stump um, You know, the ball comes back It hits you in the pad You're going to be out So, you know, yeah. he's maybe got a little Sort of, uh, maybe a strategic Or a technical flaw there um, You know, everyone shouting for him to bat four Problem is then who opens So, I don't think so I think he should still open the batting and we should give them a bit of grace. So, you know, open the batting on those, you know, on those upcountry wickets that we've we've, we've uh, played on these last two Test matches is a bit of a lottery. So, um, you know, I think we will get a better wicket at Newlands. Um, it'll probably be a bit slower, um, but hopefully uh, there'll be a bit of bounce. And... Um, as if we have to play two spinners, then we've got it. Uh, then we've got it horribly wrong. <laughs>
0: okay, never thought I'd hear you say that, Paul Harris.
2: <laughs> Not against India. Surely you don't play two spinners against India. I mean, no one wickets that are gonna that are yeah. gonna spin against India. I mean, that yeah. would be uh be daft. So I mean, effectively, you want I think you want a good South African pitch. It'll have a bit in it in the morning session, and then good bounce, good carry, um, and then as the game goes on, it'll wear a bit. Um, you know, we'd like to see a good old-fashioned Test wicket where you have got to work hard for your. Uh, for your wickets, there's something in it, a little bit in it for the bowlers, and uh, we can see a couple of hundreds from you know, even from both sides. Um, just some sort of normal test cricket again, we be been nice. honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, John Kent, our, our resident batting guru, uh, Paul mentioned Aiden Mark on batting on off stump, and uh, it does seem to be creating problems for him. I mean, he, he's getting dismissed a lot by our deliveries coming back into him. This business of batting on off stump does seem to be coming into the modern game quite a lot. I mean, at, at one stage, Dean Elgar was batting on middle and off. Um, in your day, did they, <laughs> I mean, I can't remember, you know, everything I was taught was you don't go past middle stump in terms of taking guard. Um, what yeah, happened I, th-
1: with I think the, yeah, I think, um, a guy from way back, like a Doug Watson, used to sort of get onto off stump and try and just knock it into the leg side. And you just, you know, you back your eye that you're not going to miss it. But, Um, I saw um, actually Herschel Herschel Gibbs tweeted something about Mm. you know batting off stump and maybe maybe just trying to alter that that plan. I think maybe maybe some in some ways it's it's you try counter some of the batsmen try and counter getting nicked off Mm. and then you get out another way. Do you understand what I mean? So you might try get into the bowler's channel to try and stop nicking it to the slips or keeper, but then he nips back or or whatever and you on. As you said, on off stump, and, and, and it's it's an easy decision, um, unless you're getting outside the line of off stump. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's been nipping around a lot, like Paul said, it's been exaggerated, you know, extreme, extreme. So, um, we'll get a better deck slower, like you say, and I'm sure he's going to cash in.
0: Yeah, just to clarify, guys battle on off stump. So that they know where their off stump is. That that's the reason, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I think also the guys can like like you say, Dean's good at he does that. He gets onto off stump, but it it also helps him leave the ball. So anything outside the sort of line of his eyes, he can he can let it go as well. So it takes a lot of practice and a lot of you know time to understand, like you say, where your off stump is and when to leave and when to play at balls. Uh, there have been quite a lot of players really playing at balls. You know, quite away from their eyes. You know, not really ideal for test cricket when the ball's nipping around quite a bit. So a lot of guys are nicked balls. I see. Like an example was Peterson getting to his got sixty odd and just a, a slight outswing, a, a foot outside off. He stood and he just he just really pushed his bat at it. Really, with no real intent to attack or defend. But and then just nicked it through to the keeper. So a lot of guys have been, you know found out just outside the off stump. So maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to counter the nick off by like getting across into that bowler's channel, but obviously then the LBW becomes a problem.
0: Right, yeah, fascinating stuff. Andrew Sampson, your your prediction for Cape Town, what, what, what's going to happen in
3: this uh, decisive test match? Predictions? Um, Predictions? I don't know. <laughs> 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 I, I, I suspect, well, I mean, I suppose it's possible the pitch will be flat enough that uh, it could be a draw, but I suspect one of the two teams will win. Um, Newlands has been a bit flat recently, but it's, you're unlikely to have any interference from the weather. And both teams have got very good bowling attacks and not such good batting lineups. Um, <laughs> the Indian team batting lineup is pretty good on paper, but Pajaro, Rahani, and even Kohli haven't been scoring runs lately. So um, it's it, it, it'll be close, I would think. Uh, it could go either
0: way. Mm. Yeah, Off the top of your head, when, when was the last time there was a drawn test match in South Africa? Seems a long time ago.
3: It is quite a long time ago. Um, back in 2016, that relatively famous game in Durban against New Zealand, which there was um, three days without play, even though the sun was shining because the conditions of the outfield were so bad. Um, and that's now 27 test matches in South Africa in a row that have had a winner. Um, if you want to go back to one which wasn't rained on, it was the New Year's Test against Indi- against England in 2016, so six years ago, the one where Stokes made the 258 and um, Bester and Stokes and Bester had that big partnership, and then South Africa matching England's score anyway, but there was never enough time for a result in that one. So, so yes, the, the odds are very high there'll be a result.
0: Uh, I'm going to defend uh, Durban's honour, John Kent, just that New Zealand Test. Um, the reason there was no play was mostly because the umpires just didn't want to play. As you recall, the sun was shining brightly uh, a good couple of days, and they showed no interest in getting play underway. Any final thoughts, gentlemen?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, yeah, look, I think that uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, a, a good test. It's all set up well, isn't it? I mean, the fact that South Africa won the second one, won all, uh, but it's kind of what you want. You want uh, sort of that that excitement of uh, you know in Test crickets. And, uh, and I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing a good hard hard fought Test match. I'd like to see, as I mentioned before, a good wicket where you've got to work hard for your wickets and um, a Test match that goes sort of the distance. It would be would be quite refreshing. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what wicket we get in uh, at Newlands. Um, it can be quite flat. It can also do quite a bit. So uh, in the old days, it used to spin quite a lot. It hasn't done that for uh, quite some time. But um, looking just looking forward forward to some sort of good hard cricket. It would be nice if one or two of our batters get in and get a big hundred. Um, you know, we haven't seen a lot of hundreds from our top order. Um, so it'd be nice to see someone get in, get set and score big, and then allow our really good bowling attack to uh, to, to work their magic. But certainly looking forward to it. Uh, I'm not sure I've actually looked forward to a, a test match as much as this one for quite some time.
0: Yeah, wonderful stuff. And indeed, Paul Harris, it should be a, an absolute thriller. So uh, we look forward to chatting to you again. Uh, our dear listeners uh, after that test match, after the decider in this uh, massive series don't forget to subscribe just so that you uh, find out first when when that podcast is up and available and uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at, dot, at dot Paul podcast. Thank you very much Paul, John Kent, uh, Andrew Sampson and our producer John Carrico and we look forward to speaking with you again after the third test.